My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear. Okay, let's just hold the music for just a second. Weird work might sound like a Michael Schur fever dream, a show that paints the world in about as realistic a lens as Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, or The Good Place. I mean, have you heard our theme song? Life, in all its wondrous, lustful beauty, can also get doggy dog pretty quickly. So we escape to the places inside our pockets. You know, places like Instagram. There, we can fawn over the likes of Juniper Fox, Kobe the Cat, Wilford Warrior, influencers of a different breed. Like their human heart button counterparts, these companion animals are also a cash cow for brands and causes. But connecting products with pets wasn't always easy. That is, until Colleen came around. My name is Colleen Wilson, and I'm the CEO and founder of Pets on Q. Colleen was working as a private mortgage banker out of New York City. But the world of high finance felt like she was barking up the wrong tree. We'll talk a bit about what ultimately led her to found Pets on Q, an animal influencer agency. I know, dream job, right? Okay, bring the music back up. I got just the line to deliver. Any animal can get on the internet, but what makes one a true influencer? I'm Sam Balter, and this is Weird Work. Now let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird work. Okay, so who are some of the animal influencers that you're currently managing? It's really hard to go into all the animals that we manage because we have over 250 different animals that we work with and different accounts that we work with. Um, Juniper Fox is definitely huge right now. Then we have a unbelievably beautiful cat. Kobe the cat, who has natural eyeliner, who's working currently, we're doing a contract with her and an A-list celebrity on a collaboration. And we have Watkey. He's the trust fall golden retriever. They say trust fall and the golden like falls into the big teddy bear. A lot of people have seen that as a gif or whatnot. Yeah. Okay. You got dogs, you got cats. What other animals are we talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah. Watkey has a hedgehog and Juniper Fox is an actual fox. We have horses. We do more than just influencers. So we span the gamut of different animal types. I mean, the thing that I think separates us the most is that we're very animal rights based. So 
I, we actually hmm. don't take everyone, um, especially people with exotics, um, proper permits, sanctuaries and stuff. Those are the ones that we take. Um, but for the most part, we are cats and dogs. We actually just signed a new bird. His name's Bojangles. And if you watch any of his videos, you will fall down this rabbit hole of hilarious bird videos. <laughs> this guy and his bird and their connection is the funniest thing I've seen on the internet in a long time. So any animal could get on the internet. What qualifies one as an influencer? Ooh. Is it just like a purely follower count thing, or is it, or is there something about that dog, that cat, that makes them influencer material? The thing that I think a lot of brands touch on right now is um, the return on investment that they get from the actual engaged followers, because there's a lot of fake followers, hmm. because there are a lot of pods out there. We don't just look at the follower count to put someone up to our elite team. I mean, really, any influencer can get on our roster to work with brands, but the people that we manage and the people that we focus on are our elite team, and the ones that make it there have the it factor. I've been able to pinpoint out animals that have the it factor. It's really hard to put into words, but it's just something in their eyes. The most recent animal we just signed is Wilfred Warrior. If you pull up any of his photos or videos, he's kind of like the new grumpy cat. Went crazy viral very recently. A couple comedians posted videos of him and his follower count went from like 40,000 to 1.1 million in a matter of a month. So he just kind of blew up out of nowhere and the owners don't know what they're doing. So they call us, they hear about us and we're just kind of coming in to help and just take away that stress and give them advice from everything we've learned from other influencers. But that cat has the it factor. That cat has it in his eyes. He, I think he's going to go really far and be really great for brands and licensing and paid promotions. And there's a variety of things that I know we can do with this cat. So that is what qualifies someone to be on our elite team. Can I, can I just say this, <laughs> this cat is crazy looking. Yeah, I know. He's right? got huge eyes. Huge yeah, eyes. Like I, when you said like, I, I could see it in his eyes. Like I could see it in his eyes. You this can see thing it in has his eyes. Giant eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like there's something about him that people are drawn to, that he's unique enough. He's weird enough that he attracts a different type of audience. And what that audience is, is an authentic fan base. And that's what brands and people looking to monetize are looking for. It's not about just followers because there's a lot of fake followers. There's a lot of lies on the internet. What our job is, is brands that trust us. And we have an algorithm on our platform that tracks the authentic fan base, the authentic engagement on each, each post. So it's a little bit more trusted. What do you mean about this algorithm? Like, how is it sussing out fake followers from real followers? And is it pet specific or would it work with humans as well? The algorithm that I have is proprietary. So I calculated it out myself based on different APIs and different platforms and analytics and data we pull in online for our influencers. Very cool. Such a nerd, but like that's that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we pull different data sources and have a calculation around that to really authenticate who they are, what their fan base is. I can look at one account and it says they have 150,000 followers. The authentic engaged fans on their account could be 160,000, which is higher than what the actual follower count is. But then I can have another account that's at 2 million followers. The authentic engaged fans is 200,000. So it really is showing hmm. brands that there is a huge epidemic in the fake follower side that we're really trying to fix and show them what 
stats and what data is. And that's why we get rehired by brands because they just trust us in doing these numbers. So the two different proprietary numbers I calculated out was basically because all of the influencer pricing platforms online were not geared towards animals. They were geared towards people. People influencers have a higher ROI, so it's return on investment for brands. Animals do not because they're not as trusted in some sense and they don't tend to produce as many sales as a human influencer does. Not by much, but the calculation is just different. And that's not saying one's bad or the other one, but animals can have way more views than people yet still produce a lower ROI for a brand. So what I did was take all the data that I've done over the past five years and put it into two different calculations and we have an internal platform where we track that – will eventually become public to brands for brands to be able to search influencers and stuff, but it's not at the point yet for brands to come on. But we're getting really close, and I'm really excited about it. It's kind of my baby. I love it. (laughs) This is, like, such an interesting side project. You know, like, I wouldn't expect, like, okay, we're talking about animal influencers that we'd be going into the rabbit hole of, like, algorithmic, like, sussing out of, of all of this, which is super interesting. I'm just different. Like, this weekend I volunteered at an animal sanctuary where I was picking up monkey and wolf poop. Like, that was a real thing. And then we're helping them monetize as well. So... My whole life is like I can go from this like working with software developers and investors and, you know, engineers all the way over to like hanging out with the wolf in a cage that, you know, just needs his butt rubbed like that is fun. My life isn't normal. It's never been normal. And it's yeah. It's kind of the best job ever. (laughs) You know, like the thing that's funny to me is like you hear like a lot of entrepreneurs or people who start businesses and they're like, I wear a bunch of different hats. Like I do marketing and sales and accounting. And you're just like blowing them out of the water. Yeah, Cause I you're do like, all I'm developing those. algorithms. I'm picking up wolf shit. And I'm like finding like crazy flamingos and working with celebrities. Like that's wearing a lot of hats. Yeah. 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 Working with celebrities. It's, it's very like human celebrities or pet celebrities are you talking about? Cause I've done both and I tend to get more <laughs> choked up over the pet celebrities. It's like really weird. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so have you have you found that like animal influencer parents are kind of similar to like the toddlers and tiaras and you know stage parents and child actor parents or are they just a whole new breed? Um you said it not me. <laughs> Yes, there are people that pimp out their pets for the wrong reasons, and I'm not for that, but they're really great. So Kobe's mom, when Kobe goes on set, Kobe has a professional handler that we've hired for every time he goes on set, and the mom is not allowed on set because Kobe gets stressed when the mom looks stressed, hmm. right? So we, Kobe's mom is not a stage mom. She actually is like, yep, I trust you with my animal. She's seen – she stayed with the trainer for a little bit and Kobe loves and respects the handler. And the mom actually takes a step back and says it, professionally and for Kobe's well-being and to not stress him out. I would say that most people that are doing this are doing it to pimp out their pets and they do get very stage mommy. And my biggest problem with people like that is they don't know when their animals are saying no and they don't want to do things. Um, Hmm. and that's what breaks my heart because I see the animal actually showing signs of stress and the owners don't see it. They're like, yeah, they like to do this and they're pushing them on things. And that is not what I do. They're good and bad in every industry. And what I can do is I can work and separate out the people that aren't very stage mommy and that aren't, you know, abusing their animals and actually give back to them. 
and give back to a lot of nonprofits and sanctuaries. We actually do a lot of work with rescues and nonprofits. I would say that there are a lot of stage moms out there, but we try to cut them from our roster pretty quickly. So as a manager for, let's say, um, Venus, the two-faced cat, Mm -hmm. that was one of the ones I saw you had. How much are you managing just like sponsorships and coordinating with brands versus training the cat versus working with the family? Um, So with every single animal we work with, we don't manage their page. Okay. So their page is specifically themselves. And I do that. I can advise them on their pages. But every single day when they post, that is them. That is the owners. I mean, it's not the pets. Like, let me, let me rewind there. That is the owners of those pets that is posting every single day. Okay. Um, they're the ones that are developing what their brand are, obviously with our advice and with that. But what we do is we manage the monetization. We help them with claiming of content because a lot of their content gets stolen and sold. And what oh. we do is we have a whole team of people that go out and claim their content. And that's where a lot of money is made. Um, and then we also do all of their brand partnerships, appearances, sponsorships. I mean, we're the only influencer company out there that's actually permitted. We're permitted to work with animals huh. and appearances on set. So a lot of brands that are hiring some people who are not permitted don't realize that they can be fined for working with animals without proper permits and without if they need to use the Humane Society for set work, like you need those contacts and you need those connections to make sure that the animals are safe first and foremost. One quick question. Mm -hmm. How big is your team? I have four employees. We're a really small team. We're a very, very small team. We're we're actually hiring right now. So if anyone has a resume, we're looking for a variety of positions. So yeah, we have we have a team of four um, internally, but we do have a lot of strategic partnerships, and that's where we've been able to grow and help a lot of people. Uh, when you were growing up, were you always a dog person? Yeah, I was an animal person. I would say, yeah. But I grew up in New Hampshire. Like, what kind of pets did you have? Oh, I don't remember a time when there wasn't at least two dogs in my house. At least. We had a tortoise when I was a kid. You know that there's that like kid in the neighborhood that when a squirrel falls out of a tree, like I don't know if this actually happened to you, but I was the person that they would call. I would nurse it back to life and set it free or bring it to like a wildlife rehabbing center or even growing up, my mom spent more time at the zoo with me and I would just sit there and watch animals. Like even as an adult, I would look in our backyard out for moose and deer and if you've ever been to New Hampshire, it is the world of the squirrel. So I, I don't remember a day going by where I didn't see at least 10 squirrels. I've always had a connection with animals. Whenever I volunteered, it would be at a therapy dog or service dog training facilities. It would be, you know, to help animals and better animals. And, and that's just the kid that I was growing up. So it seems like, though, if people were listening, the you're so involved with animals. Mm-hmm. And love animals, spending all your time on it, and then you go into finance. In New York City. Why did you do that? And like, what was that work like? So when I moved to New York City, I was working in finance as a private mortgage banker. Um, Then on the side as a de-stressor, I started with fostering puppies and getting back into dog training on weekends just to kind of lower the stress level that I had with a fast-paced job that I had. And it it grew really quickly, and I ended up rescuing a very aggressive husky German shepherd pit mix. He loved blood. He loved to draw blood on dogs and people. It was really fun to own him in oh the beginning, I would say. So 
I met with so many trainers and they all told me to put him down. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to. So I just trained him. And then over a few months period, he kind of evolved to the point that other people were like, hey, can you help me with my dog? And it just started growing from there. And um, he ended up getting an illness and having to be put down pretty quickly. And it was very, very heartbreaking for me. And that's when I found my Dalmatian in a shelter. I was going to actually just pull him and give him to a Dalmatian rescue but he kind of like imprinted on me and I, I figured out that he was deaf right away in the shelter. And they're like, wait, what do you mean he's deaf? And I'm like clapping behind his head. I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys didn't temperament test him and test him for hearing when he's a Dalmatian and they're prone to hearing loss. At least 10 to 30% of each litter are born deaf. So I just did the test, found huh. out he was deaf and I taught him something in sign What language. is his name? Charles, Charlie, Monkey. Charles. I mean, Nugget, I call, I call him everything. No one knew that Charlie was deaf. And it took me about 15 seconds to walk in there, do a test and figure it out. And then teach him one thing. And I feel like he bonded with me so strongly because I kind of spoke a language to him. And then he was like, oh, someone gets me. And it was through that mental stimulation and through, you know, the love and consistency and treats and <laughs> um, a system with this dog that he turned out to be a superstar. Like I can bring him on any set. I could walk him through Times Square without a leash. He loves to work. He loves it so much. It's like what he was put on the world to do. That's how I kind of got into that side because people that work with him want to work with him again because I, on set, don't need to speak to my dog to get him to do a command because he's deaf. I do it in ASL. So on a TV show, I can tell him speak behind the camera without moving my mouth or without speaking and he's going to start barking and I can give him those signs and then they're like, oh, wow, we actually want to work with you again. We we're really skeptical of hiring a deaf dog. But now we want to work with you again. Hmm. So that's kind of, it's all because of him this whole industry kind of got started. Oh my God, though. That's so sad to just think yeah. like that this dog like wasn't understood at yeah. all. And then like, it's nice to think that the first person who was able to, to understand him, he was like, oh yeah, you're great. Not horrible like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He was definitely abused. Uh, he still has his moments, um, but he's... He's so easy now, and Dalmatians are not known for being easy. My biggest takeaway is always when people tell me they want a Dalmatian, I'm like, oh, do you have five hours a day to exercise your dog? Then don't get one because um, they're known as one of the most difficult dog breeds to get. In hindsight, I 100% would have gotten Charlie. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But going into it with my lifestyle and whatnot, it probably wasn't the best decision at that time <laughs> to get a Dalmatian that was that crazy, <laughs> yeah. but I wouldn't have it any other way. Because he's the best. We'll be right back after this quick break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Can I just say one thing that I think is super, super funny to me is like you have this high stress job. (laughs) <laughs> and then you're like, oh, as a de-stressor, I'm mm-hmm. going to trade this dog that's like attacking people and like drawing blood as like my calming down thing on the weekend. Yeah, but that is like I'm I'm not a normal person. <laughs> Let's just start there. That is de-stressful. Like, to me. Like, I, like, like yeah. that is like that is fucking crazy because it's like it's one, it's stressful enough to trade a dog like they bark. They're loud. It can be frustrating. You picked an incredibly difficult dog to train, and then you're also working at, like, in finance, which is incredibly stressful. Yeah, and then that's how I started a side company as well, to doing dog training. So it was kind of like I just kept telling people no, like, no, I'm not doing it, no, I'm not doing it. And then people were, like, finally, like, no, I will pay you a lot of money to come and train my dog. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do training, I'm going to – then I stalked another trainer who's one of the top trainers in Schutzen work in the country. And Schutzen's bite work, like police work for dogs. So I wanted to learn a different yeah. style from what I was used to so I could take something from that. And then I started getting into dog stuff. Then my dog started booking you know, GQ magazine and he started booking New York Fashion Week gigs and he, his account started growing on social media. That's when social media animals kind of started. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a thing. Okay. So one of the things you just mentioned was talking about an animal having the it factor mm-hmm. and that you could just sort of see it. Yeah. So obviously, you know, I'm going to take this opportunity. I have a dog. His name is Sebastian. <laughs> He's a big fan of the podcast. He's about a year old. And I just sent you an email with a few pictures of him. Okay. Does he have a social media account? He does not have a social media account. I didn't want to get him one till he was like one years old. I thought it was I thought I was being a good parent that way. Oh, he's cute. <laughs> Let's pretend that this is like this is like a professional meeting. Do you I've know come what to he you is? and I'm like I, um, he's a mixed breed. I'm not sure what breed he oh, is. I, can tell I put you. a picture of him in the. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah what is he? He is um, a sight hound, most likely a Basenji or Pharaoh hound mixed with some type of terrier. So, like American Staffordshire Terrier. How much does he weigh? Like between 25 and 45 pounds? 
Yeah, he's a thick boy. He's up at uh, 42 pounds the yeah. last time I measured him. Yeah, stocky. So I would say a Staffy Basenji <laughs> would be my top mixes. Google okay. a red Basenji. <laughs> this is one of my superpowers, being able to tell what dog breeds are. Okay, yep, yep. Okay, so no, let let's let's serious. I'm 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 like Colleen. I need help. I want this dog to be famous. What what are you gonna start telling me? Well, you made some mistakes because you weren't on social media instantly. Okay. When they're puppies, <laughs> that's when you need to be posting a lot. When they're puppies, that's when they hmm. kind of can grow a fan base pretty quickly because puppies are just like let's be real. Puppies are the cutest. So. That's when you would start it to kind of develop their personality on social. A lot of people on social, they have one brand and they stick to that brand and that's what does really well. So if you look at Wilfred Warrior and what they did, like going back to the that cat, he kind of is sassy. Like he has a personality mm -hmm. that's like, don't mess with me. It's very grumpy cat-esque. You need a brand. You need a persona. Hmm. What is that? And that's not for me to decide because I don't know your dog's personality, but- your okay. dog also, I can see, doesn't really like to stare at the camera for long, Ooh. right? In your pictures, he's not really into the camera. He, you can't really see the whites of his eyes. So it's going to be harder for people to resonate with him on social. So it's going to be more difficult for you to get a social pull. Okay, so I messed up twice. Mm -hmm. so well, you didn't <laughs> mess up. It's just your dog. But just love your dog. Not every animal needs to be on social media. I know. Like, I, okay, okay. Yeah. But, let, <laughs> but let's say, okay, so let's say I'm like, I'm gonna forge ahead, and I want I want your help making this dog famous. I understand I missed the puppy opportunity. Like, what are we gonna do together to kind of like cultivate this personality for the dog and make him a social media influencer? For you, what I would say is you need to follow the trends on social. So right now, that's a lot of video and the persona coming out in text with dogs or cats. Hmm. That's the new thing. I would say if you're gearing somewhere, I mean, sticking to a social media platform and coming up and seeing which animals are doing really well and what they're doing on social media and finding something that resonates with you. And copying isn't the right word, but use that as inspiration to make something of your own <laughs> with your own dog with their own personality. And it's a lot of work, social media. So I would just encourage you to see what other people are doing out there. I would look at other sight hounds, like some of the most famous sight hounds. I would say probably photography. When you take your dog out on hikes, maybe do some really long photography and training a dog. And the most important thing to me is you spending quality time with your animal. So if you like doing hikes and you like getting photography on hikes, go do that with your dog. Make an account about that. So it forces you to spend more time with your dog and have more fun with them. Um, if you like to do training or tricks or that type of stuff, take videos of training, do that with your dog. I would say for me, again, it's not just about social media, it's about spending quality time with your animal. If you can, that's great. And if it resonates with other people, that's amazing. Do podcasts with your dog. Like how fun would that be? <laughs> Yeah, I do want to do a pupcast. We, we, me and Sebastian have been batting around ideas for a little while, but it's hard to find the time. <laughs> so you've been in the pet influencer game for a, a solid while now. Mm -hmm. What is it that keeps you walking through the front doors every day? I would say I started this company and our, what our motto is, is making the world a better place one animal at a time. 
So what keeps me going is knowing what social media and the benefits social media can do to help get, save animals' lives. My company and what we're doing, kind of the betterment of animals and changing the entire industry of set animals that are used to make them temperament approved and make using the animals that actually want to work like the Charlies of the world and not the animals that are horrified with 10 cameras around them and whatnot. Hmm. That's what keeps me going is that, I mean, we were, you know, arguably the first people doing this. No one was doing this, you know, five years ago when I started working with animals on set and working with influencers. Animals on set has been around for a long time, way before me, but we are completely changing the set industry through social media. I get a call this week to do a major commercial with a major restaurant for a Super Bowl commercial, and they wanted to hire an influencer dog to do it. And my pushback on them was, hey, instead of a huge influencer, why don't we get a huge rescue organization that has a huge social media following? We pull one of their dogs. I get it professionally trained. We use it in a commercial. And then I can get hundreds of applications, not only on that dog, but other dogs in that rescue organization. So the fact that I can confidently do that every single week is why I love my job. And the fact that I'm getting paid to save animals' lives. Just last week, we were at Super Zoo. I adopted out 10 Hmm. kittens, 10 kittens at Super Zoo. They all went to great homes. And the brand that hired us to be there, they paid that rescue organization for over 50 adoptions or spay and neuters. Like, however, they're going to actually use it for spay and neuters, not for adoption. But that's like what that amount of money would cover for different animals. It's like, that's why I love my job. It's less just about the influencers. Um, obviously the influencers, they pay the bills, they can make six figures every year. Um, we have a whole system around it, but back to your question of why I do this. And that's, that's why I do this to save animals. And that's what I was put on this earth to do. And that's why I do what I do. Well, Colleen, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the show. This has been so much fun to talk about animals, and the work that you're doing is just fantastic. Thanks so much for having us. We'd love to do it again. Today's episode was written and produced by Matthew Brown. Music by Tyler Litwin. And additional help from Isis Madrid. We'd like to thank Colleen and her pooch Charlie. If you think your pet's ready for that influencer life, you can learn more about Colleen's agency at PetsOnQ.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Weird Work. We always love to hear about your weird jobs. As always, I'm Sam Balter, and stay weird, you beautiful Instagram animals. Oh, Charlie, I'm not telling him to bark right now. He's just doing it because he wants attention. <laughs> <laughs>